You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. Look at your neighbor and say, work on the packaging, work on the packaging. We try to get brothers to understand that. Walk around with your, with your pants all sagging. And then, how you going to be a sagging criminal? You're trying to steal the stuff out of Neiman Marcus. Can't even run out. Look at me and say, work on the packaging, work on the packaging. Work the grace. So God's giving you potential, but now you got to start adding some stuff to it. It's not the God part sometimes that's lacking. It's our part. Be the best you can with what you have. Paul said, the grace that was on me, I worked that grace. Matthew 25, 14 through 15, it says, this is, the, this is how the kingdom of heaven works. This is how things work in God's system. It's just like a man who traveled to a far country, who called all his servants, and he delivered his goods to them. And to one, he gave five talents. These are goods. This is elements of money, measurements of money. One, he gave five talents. To another, he gave two. To another, he gave one. I have highlighted this next phrase, to each according to what? His own ability. He said, this is how things work in the kingdom of God. God gives out talents. It's not or, or like, like he's talking about money or, okay, Starting grace. God gives out starting grace. God gives out potential. Are y'all with me here? And he gave five to one, two to another, one to another, to each according to his ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Now, I want you to see, he only gives it based upon your ability. Whatever God has given you, you have the ability to do something with it. Whatever grace, wisdom, insight, capability, anointing that God puts on you, you have the ability to do something with it. He gave them each to according to their own ability. God only expects you to reap, to produce, and reproduce based upon the ability that He's given you. That's important. So don't throw it away. Don't start thinking it's too much. Don't start thinking God is God's wanting too much from you. And some, I, I get that. I mean, as we were moving forward even over the years to build this facility, I told the Lord, really, I, I was having my own personal conversation with the Lord. I said, Lord, I came from a storefront church. And I said, what we already have is impressive to most people. I said, what I've already done is a long way from where I started. Do I still really have to do this? Do I still have to keep believing you for this? Do I still have to keep casting vision for this? See, sometimes you can feel like God's demanding too much of you, but he only gives you talents based upon your ability. 
If he's telling you to do it, you can do it. If he's telling you to go there, you can go there. If he's telling you to build it, you can build it. If he's telling you to buy it, he's going to provide the money. He only speaks to us and demands of us what he initially puts in us. He only expects us to produce and reproduce according to ability. He gave each of them five, he gave two, he gave one. He did not take the one who had ability to reproduce one and give him five. He would have been frustrated and the Lord, would, the owner would have been frustrated. He did not take the one who had the ability for two and give him five. He would have been frustrated and the only, and the only would have been frustrated. Which is why the five came back and said, I produce five more. And he was applauded because you maximize your potential. The one who had two, he produced two more. And he was applauded and congratulated because he maximized his potential. He didn't look at the one who had two and said, why do you produce five? He knew he had only given it to him based upon his ability. He was not expected to do more than he could do, but he was expected to do as much as he could do. But the one who had one buried his potential. Probably looking at one, comparing himself rather than proving his own work. Well, I can't produce five. I can't produce two. I'm just going to bury it. And he went and buried it and did not, all he was expected to do was produce at least one more. The Bible tells us when God created man, Genesis 1, and then verse 28, he says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters and the seas, let the birds multiply. In verse 28, God said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. God created you to be fruitful. God created you to multiply. God created you to, to fill the earth. God created you to subdue it. Last week in New York, New Jersey area, several times went back and forth between New Jersey and New York, and a couple times went through the Holland Tunnel, Lincoln Tunnel. And the, the Holland Tunnel, I, and, I, and I said to Pastor Baker was with me, because, you know, they're from Georgia and stuff, may not know nothing about no tunnels and stuff. <laughs> And I said, you really? I said, we are riding under the Hudson River. You know? And then and, uh, Pastor Baker said, mind, but the scripture said, what is man that thou mindful of him? Okay? That a man, somebody came up with the idea, let's, let's put a tunnel through this river. That's the ingenuity that God's given man. Now, I didn't come up with that. But somebody who had the potential to come up with that idea, came up with it. When God says, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, he said, make the earth work for you. Make the earth do something they didn't know it could do. Produce something, leave something in the earth that wouldn't, they wouldn't have without you being here. Are y'all listening to me? I know, I know we, we, we take it for granted now, okay? We take it for granted now, the best phone in the world, the Apple. We take it for granted now, but a man by the name of Steve Jobs, he came with his, his idea. He said, you know what? All these different things we got, we can just put it in the phone. You don't need a camera and a recorder, a telephone, a calendar. Y'all remember, some, some of us have been around long, all the different things we had to just stay organized. 
I used to travel the world with a camera. Now I just make sure I can take good pictures with my phone. But somebody came up with that idea. His, his mind was to eliminate all these other gadgets and put it everything at your fingertips. Subdue the earth. Fruitfulness and multiplication starts right where you are with what you have. Starts where, where you are with what you have. For those of you talking about, when I go to land, I'm going to be somebody. Now, you ain't nobody here. <laughs> when I just get to New York, they're going to know my name. We need to know your name here first. Your name going to get lost in New York. It's a thousand other people with your name in New York. Shaquita Jackson is a whole bunch of them. Fruitless multiplication starts where you are with what you have. 2 Corinthians 8, 8 and 12, look at this. It says, if there's is there first a willing mind, it's accepted according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. God wants to bless you with what you have. Well, if I just had, if I could just sing, if I could just play, if I had this, no, no, no. God will bless you with what you have. He says to the widow woman who says that my husband is gone and the creditors are come and they're going to take my son away and we're in debt. Elijah's first question he asked her is what? What do you have in your house? Oh, my God. What do you have? She said, I just got a little bit of oil. God's going to use that. Another woman, what do you have? Well, I just got this little bit of cornmeal. The same God who magnified the cornmeal magnified the oil. All God wants you to do is take what you have and give it to him. Can't remember his name. Should remember his name. I think his name is Dallas. How, how many of y'all are watching, have been watching any of The Chosen? Okay. A few of y'all have been watching. Lord, we can't get you to watch Christian stuff. Lord, but... How, don't even raise your hand. How many of y'all watch basketball wise? Child, please. Well, you, you watch Ratchet TV. Watch something that has some value to it. The Chosen is a Christian series. Now, it, it started on the internet. I mean, it started uh, on, on, uh, you know, on streaming. Now it's on, I think, CBS or something. But, but it's, 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 it's basically the gospel brought to light. Done very well, extremely well. But the creator of that, he had tried to get several other movies produced, and they all, they all just squashed. Nothing happened. God put this on his heart. He didn't want to do it. He tells his wife about this idea he has to bring the gospels to light. And she said, he said, but well, suppose nothing comes of it. And we saw him speak at our Global Leadership Summit last year. And he said his wife gave him a word, said, it's your job to provide the fishes and the loaves. It's God's job to feed the 5,000. Y'all didn't catch that. It's your job to provide the fishes and the loaves. It's God's job to feed the 5,000. The boy was not asked to feed 5,000. All the boy was asked to do, can we have these fish and loaves? Because little becomes much if you just give it to them. 
what God wants to do with your ability, what he wants to do with your life, what he wants to do with your talent, that's up to him. He just wants you to make it available to him. Somebody lift your hand and say, Lord, I make myself available to you. God's not even looking at your capability. He's looking at your availability. Paul encouraged his spiritual son, Timothy, y'all, to recognize his gifts and maximize his potential. Listen to me, y'all. You are not called because you are gifted. You are gifted because you're called. Let me say it again. You are not called because you're gifted. You're gifted because you're called. Any gift that God has put on your life is because he called you to do something with it. But you got to work your gift. Paul tells Timothy. Let me stay here for a moment with Timothy. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 and 5. He said, watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. That means sometimes stuff get hard, y'all. Anybody who tells you when you get saved, you won't see any dark days or hard days, they ain't read the whole Bible. He said, you're going to have to endure, endure afflictions. Okay? Endure means you prefer not to be here. You prefer not to be going through this. He didn't say enjoy affliction. He said endure. Inflictions, you got you to endure. Endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Here's what I want you to see. I want you to make full proof of your ministry. Listen to me. Make full proof of your ministry means fulfill your ministry and maximize what God's called you to do. Let me talk to so-called ministers and preachers right now. Many ministers and preachers get mad at the apostle, the pastor, their bishop, talking about they holding me back. Because I know I got a word. I got a word, and they ain't giving me no opportunity. I remember years ago, we had a young man who came to the, in our church, and we were up down the street here, so it was like the first year, second year, down here 4921 Broad River Road. We were down there, and, and this man says, he says, now, Pastor Ben, you were teaching. You were teaching, but man, when I get that mic, I'm going to shake it. Ah, yeah. I said, don't worry about it. You won't ever be getting this mic. You don't even have to worry about it. If that's what you think this is about, I was uh, 18, 19 years old. The reason why I know that because I think I got my car when I was like 20. When my mother's boyfriend bought her another car. And she gave me, I guess he did do something. Right? <laughs> he bought her a car, so she gave me her. Said, Praise the Lord. Some benefits came back. She gave me her 1971 Maverick. Okay. Some of you had no clue. Don't even worry about it. The reason why I so, but before that, I went to college in East Orange, New Jersey. Every weekend, I came home with my uh, garment bags because we had wet suits and all that at church all the time. And I was home for the weekend. But on the way home, I had to take a bus and two trains to get back to Jersey City. My first stop was to the Jersey City Medical Center which at that time, in the early 80s, 
was the largest hospital in the world. If you saw it, you would see, realize why. All these buildings, the largest hospital in the world at that time. They now down, downsized other hospitals. But my first stop was there. My first stop was the Jersey City Medical Center. And the security people would keep my books and my bags. And I would go from room to room, 18 years old. Hey, my name is Herbert Bailey. Can I pray with you and read a scripture with you? Can I pray with you and read it? Some people would say no. Some people would say, oh, sure. I said, well, what do you want me to pray about? And I would go from room to room in the hospital. I was making foolproof of my ministry. When we started this church, before most of y'all got here, okay, we were doing nursing home ministry. When we were renting place down, and, and, and my kids was the, was the choir. Kendra was a soloist. Not just here in the church, we make making foolproof of our ministry. I went to prisons. And to the, to the jail, not prison, jail, I'm scared of prison, the jail. There is a difference. <laughs> jail short term, prison long term, you, you, you convicted. <laughs> but I made full proof, stop sitting around and waiting for somebody to give you an opportunity. And if you got a word, if you care about people, find a way to make full proof of your ministry. You make full proof of your ministry, work your gift in very practical ways. First of all, you got to prepare. Success is when preparation meets opportunity. How many of y'all heard that before? Success is when preparation meets opportunity. You, I'm going to be, I'm just waiting for the right opportunity, not if you haven't prepared. Before you preach, you already, you already ought to have lessons to preach. Sometimes preparation, y'all, is in, obs is in obs obscurity. Moses was in an obscure place in the backside of the desert, and God got his attention to a burning bush. David was given busy work. Just go on the backside of the property and keep it, keep it those few sheep and stay out of the way, and I don't want everybody to know I got this child outside of my marriage. In the backside, keeping a little sheep, and God prepared him by having him kill a lion and kill a bear. That was preparation to kill Goliath, which is what was the impetus for him becoming king. Sometimes you got to prepare. Galatians 1st chapter 15 through 17, as much as we read about Acts 9, about Paul having a Damascus road experience and a light shine knocked him off. He hears the voice of Jesus saying, half you get against to kick against the pricks, go into a city called Straight and Quiet, the house of Ananias, and it'll be told you what you do. Later on, Paul gives us some time frames of what happened before we see him preaching in all these different places. He tells us in Galatians 1, 15 through 17, he said, when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, and when he called me through his grace, he revealed his son to me that I could preach his name to the Gentiles. Look what he says, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. When God called him, he didn't go around telling anybody, the Lord called me. I'm going to be an apostle. I'm going to preach to the whole wide world. He said, I didn't confer with flesh and blood. Look at this. Nor did I go to Jerusalem. Nor did he merely go to the leadership of the church, to those who were apostles before me. Look what he did. But I went to Arabia. That's desert, y'all. 
and I returned again to Damascus. And the Bible goes on to say, he was there for three years. He was there for three years, just him alone and God. God giving him revelation, him talking to God, him getting clarity about his assignment before anybody knew who he was or what he was called to do, before, before the apostles commended him to anybody, before he got the right hand of fellowship, before he wrote the book of Galatians and, and Ephesians and Philippians and Thessalonians. He was alone with God for three years, getting downloads from heaven, preparing for what God's called him to do. The first thing you got to do is spend some time alone with God. So Paul tells Timothy, I know you got a calling on you, you got an anoint on you, but I want you to prove your own work. I want you to maximize your potential. Look what he te tells them how to do. Very practical way. Look at 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 4, verse 13 and 15. He said, this is how you're going to make full proof of your ministry. He said, give attention to reading. You need to read. Turn some of that ratchet television off and read so y'all can laugh at my jokes. Read. Give attention to reading. You got to study. You got to stay current. He said to exhortation and to doctrine. Study the word. Know what you're talking about. Verse 14, don't neglect the gift that's in you. He, he acknowledged the gift that's in you. He said, but don't neglect it. You got to work the gift. It has to be maximized. He said, you know the gift, the gift that was given to you by prophecy with the laying on the, the, the hands of the, of the eldership. When we laid hands on you, there was a gift that was imparted to you. Verse 15, he said, meditate. Meditate, y'all, means you got to think before you talk. You got to spend time with the word. Spend time allowing God to reveal his plans, his purpose for you. Meditate on it. Give yourself, look at this, entirely to them. Give yourself entirely to them. Give yourself entirely full to them, and what's going to happen? Then your progress is going to be evident to all. He said, if you would spend time alone with God, if you would spend time in self-development, folks are going to see that you're not an overnight wonder. It's going to look to them like you were under an overnight wonder, but you knew the time it took for you to develop this gift that God put in you. The time when, when you were developing in obscurity, the time when you were alone with God, the time when you were reading, when you were studying, when you were practicing, when you were working the gift. He said, and if you do it quietly, if you do it by yourself, eventually everybody's going to see the results of it. Look, somebody said, work your gift, work your gift. At verse 15, New Living Translation says, throw yourself into your task, and everyone's going to see your progress. Amplified said, throw yourself wholly into them as your ministry so that your progress may be evident. The message translation says, immerse yourself in them. Some of you, you got too many irons in the fire. You listen to everybody about all these streams, and all your streams are trickles. Because you're not immersing yourself in whatever your primary gift is, your primary calling is. You're trying to do this, you're trying to do that, you're trying, and you're not focused enough on anything to strike oil. He said, immerse yourself in it. Throw yourself in it. One scripture says, this one thing I do. Paul said, this one thing I do. Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching for the things that are, for, that are ahead. Paul, Paul, Paul was, a, uh, he was a tent maker. That was his occupation. I mean, that was his job. That wasn't his calling. 
He worked his job so he could focus on his calling. You got to stir up the gifts that God has given you. Everybody say stir it up. He tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, he says 5 and 6, he says, listen, you got some stuff in you. It was first in your grandmother Lois. It was in your mother Eunice. He said, I'm persuaded it's in you too. He said, but you don't have to stir up the gifts. You You got to stop crying and stir up the gifts. You got to stop complaining and stir up the gift. You got to spend some time praying in the Holy Ghost. You have to stir up the gifts. You're going to have to work that thing that God's put on you. He said, I remind you, stir up the gift which God has put in you through the laying on of my hands. And again, he tells him to study. 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved. Study to show yourself approved. Whatever era God's called you to, Study. In the early days before, before this church grew, I spent a lot of time studying church administration. I studied church tax law. I studied about, about uh, how to win friends and influence people. <laughs> I, I studied to prepare for what God was calling me to. You, what's it? you can't wait till you're there to do it. You got to do it so you can get there. Work your gift. And Paul, well, he was determined to maximize his own potential. That's why I quote the scripture all the time. He says in Philippians 2.15, I have not already obtained. I'm not perfect, but I keep pressing. I'm pressing that I can lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. God still got some stuff for me, and I haven't reached yet. Yeah, I, yeah, I thank God for what I've done, but I have not yet maximized my potential. Y'all, because God will not judge you based upon someone else's assignment. God's not going to judge you based upon someone else's assignment. Romans 14, 12, he tells us each of us is going to have to give an account to God for himself. You're not all called to preach. You're not all called to sing. You're not all called to sell real estate. You're not all called to, to, uh, to sell insurance. You're not all called to travel the world. You're not all called to politics. But whatever you're called to, wherever God places you, he wants you to maximize there. Don't live in somebody else's world. Don't live in somebody else's mind. Come on. Focus on your assignment. Make full proof of your assignment. Maximize so you can give an account of God for yourself. And you're the reward. The reward for those who maximize their talents is promotion and increase. Sometimes people don't understand. They've been on a job for 10 years. Somebody else come there, been there, a year, and they get promoted. Manager, supervisor, director. You tell me I've been here for 10 years. Okay? You've been there for 10 years, and we can predict. You're going to come in late on Monday, and something going to come up on Friday. But you've been there 10 years. You come in late, you leave early, and you take long lunches. We'll be working an eight-hour day. You give about 5.2. Then you wonder why somebody who comes in who's been very diligent, who's been focused, who may not even hang out with everybody, who don't have a whole lot of time to be around a water cooler. I know I'm, 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 I'm talking about the days when, when we went to offices. Y'all sitting at your computer now uh, on the computer and on your phone. You say, what you say? At the same time. But you may not have time to do all that, but they get promoted. 
because the reward for maximizing your potential is promotion and increase, naturally and especially in the kingdom of God. Luke 16, 10 through 12, just about done. Anybody get anything out of this today? Luke 16, 10 through 12, he that is faithful in least is faithful in much. Uh, well, I, I just think I ought to be having more. I ought to do more. I say, well, the way you show you can handle more, maximize this. I want more children. Wipe the nose on the one you got. Change their diaper. I want more customers. Serve the ones you have. I want more members. Study and preach to the five like you're preaching the 500. Well, when I get more members, I'm going to spend more time in the Word. You ain't going to get no members with your dumb self. I mean, with your, your, your ignorant, unlearned self. <laughs> you know, every, every Sunday, it's almost, say yeah, ha! Say yeah, ha! Ha what? Study! He that is faithful in least is faithful in much. You all understand that's a principle. That's a principle for God to bless you financially. Well, when I get more money, I'm going to tithe. God said, that's not at work. You got to be faithful in least. If you won't tithe off 100, you're not going to tithe off 1,000. Because it's still one dime at every dollar. But all you're going to see is more dollars <laughs> rather than the same dime. God said, show me you're going to be faithful right where you are and watch me increase. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for Marriage, Faith, and Family Inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.